Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Ideas Exchange presented by InExpress Podcast. I am your host, Paul Castleberry, and this is the podcast where we talk about business, marketing, being an entrepreneur, franchising, being a franchisee or a franchisor, tech, marketing, everything that falls in between all of those categories. We try and talk about that here on this podcast. And my guest today is Mr. Omar Simmons. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today, Paul? I am doing great. Thank you. How are, how are you? How's the weather in your part of the world? It's uh, it's a little nippy, um, but for Boston, it's pretty. It's still pretty nice. I love fall. You take it while you can get it, right? Exactly. Well, Omar, thank you so much for for doing this and taking the time out to be a guest on our podcast. Uh, what give us a little bit of background on yourself, who you are, what you do, your background, all that kind of stuff. Give us give us the four one one on who Omar is. Yeah, I'll give you the bridge version. So uh, I was born and raised here in Boston, um, inner city Boston, primarily with me and my my mom. And, um, you know, we didn't, um, I was probably the first in my uh, family to kind of graduate from college, but I was probably more of a jock than a scholar, to be honest. So I ran track and had a lot of opportunities to uh, get college scholarship. I ended up going to uh, Princeton and um, had a good time there. I learned a ton. Um, pretty different lifestyle from where I had come from. And I decided to go into uh, business and did management consulting for a number of years and then uh, moved into private equity. And um, I did that for, gosh, uh, since 1995. So I don't want to completely age myself. Um, and um, then around 2011, 2012, um, I always had this interest in being a little bit more just an investor, uh, being mm -hmm. a little bit more actively involved in building the businesses and growing the businesses, which is what I enjoyed the most about what I do. And I uh, ended up buying a business. Uh, it was a, a group of health clubs and a franchise system called um, uh, Planet Fitness. And so we uh, bought about 15 units uh, in Connecticut. Um, by this time, I had moved back home uh, to Boston. And um, I had invested in health clubs before, um, but Plant Fitness was a little bit unique uh, in two ways. One, it was a franchise, the first time I invested in a franchise e-business. And two, it was uh, a gym chain that charged only $10 a month. And I was like, well, if you can make money on $10 a month, that that's pretty uh, <laughs> revolutionary. Yeah. And so I uh, ended up buying the business uh, uh, late 2012. Um, and became the CEO, had a, a great team that was kind of helping me with the acquisition and growing the business. And before we knew it, we had kind of um, grown the business to 50 units and improved profitability by, you know, almost 4x. And uh, wow. then we uh, went out and recruited a management team that was smarter than me and, um, and better than me. And uh, they continued to grow it uh, when I went back to kind of being executive chairman of the business. And we got to over 100 units um, and uh, we were getting ready to sell it or thinking about um, selling it for our investors. And then COVID happened and, uh, you know, had a change of plan. So we spent a lot more time dealing with landlords and lenders and mm. government officials and trying to get open in different states. Uh, we had moved from just being a Connecticut based mm. business to one that was in New York, Connecticut, New Mexico. Tennessee, Western Mass, uh, Western Canada, um, a couple in Arizona, 
can't believe that geography is what saved us because some states mm. opened up a lot sooner than say New York, which was our biggest unit. And um, that gave us cash flow to kind of uh, keep, uh, keep the wolves at bay. And uh, we ultimately yeah. decided to grow in 2021 and ended up, you know, getting uh, some knocks on the door and sold the majority interest in that business uh, in late 2021. Uh, I'm still actively involved. I'm a large personal investor and I'm on the board. Um, but that was my first foray into franchising. Since then, we've made some investments. We bought uh, a business called Urban Air um, and uh, where, you know, that's more of a, uh, active uh, adventure parks for kids. Um, and we're looking at another, a number of other ones. We've decided that we really believe in like franchising. And we think that's a great place to really spend our entrepreneurial energy. And that's where we've been focused on the last couple of years. That, that's a pretty awesome story. Uh, congrats on all the success there. And I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. And you touched on franchising, which is kind of the topic we want to dive further in today is, you know, why franchising? Why, why should somebody consider that as a potential career path? Uh, I guess we'll just start there. Why do you think franchising uh, is a good option? Yeah, you know, I think franchising can be underappreciated and misunderstood. I think mm -hmm. for me, it's a very unique space in that it's very entrepreneurial. So you can control your own destiny. You can enjoy a great deal of autonomy. You can build uh, the team that suits your skill set. Uh, but it's still with a lot more structure um, than your typical entrepreneurial path and has much higher success rates, right? And so when you think about where can I um, create some value, create some wealth, uh, but still have the benefit of a proven uh, operating system, mm -hmm. a proven economic model, um, this old saying about being in business for yourself to not by yourself. We learned so much from talking to other franchisees um, and leveraging experience from the franchisor that we never really felt like um, we had to be the most, uh, I don't know, creative or had the extraordinary ingenuity. What we did do well is copy and paste, right? Like, so we yes. say, well, how did you solve this problem? Have you ever seen this problem? Um, and learn from others and then apply it. And so I consider myself somewhat of a creative person, but not a blank sheet creative. And so franchising for me um, is a wonderful way on a risk adjusted basis, I think, to generate, you know, again, really attractive returns, create a lot of uh, uh, wealth and value, but again, in a much more controllable risk environment. The second piece that really is fulfilling at a personal level is you know, beyond the economic and professional benefits, I think franchising is a real meritocracy. It's a real mm -hmm. place where it doesn't matter where you went to school, doesn't matter, you know, who your friends were. Um, obviously, it does help to get the capital again in business. But for sure. the most part, um, you can succeed um, or fail based on, you know, how good you are. And yeah. you know, there's not a lot of places where you can really say that there's no real politics. It's like, you know, you can, you know, execute uh, better than somebody else and you pick the right brand. Uh, you can really enjoy a great deal of success. And I love to see situations where people of various backgrounds um, can continue to have great success without the normal barriers that can sometimes impede uh, a career progression. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's tons of options out there for franchising. How would somebody 
uh, you know, if they start to research this and go down this path of looking at being a franchisee, what, what are some tips you would give them as far as researching it out and, and ultimately selecting a, a franchise to go with? Yeah, I would first say first know thyself, right? Like really go through mm. the introspective process. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I like to do? What do I not like to do? Um, what are, you know, sort of what I call my superpowers, right? I think we're all yeah. gifted with uh, kind of natural capacities. And sometimes it's not the specific things you may put on a, a resume. Sometimes it's, you know, um, people tend to follow you or you're a great communicator or you're pretty persuasive. Um, um, sometimes you're a good general manager or you're good at executing or you have great persistence or you may have spatial reasoning. Like you just, you're not always sure, but what I find is brands usually have um, kind of some core skill sets that are necessary. And one of the things that's important to realize is you don't have to have every single skill set, but mm -hmm. you need to be pretty comfortable in some of the core skill sets and then be able to supplement your, your, your skills. I think the second thing is, you know, um, once you know yourself, really understand the brands that you're thinking about partnering with. Now, a lot of people say, well, just go with what you're passionate about. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's sufficient. And I also think mm -hmm. sometimes there's some really boring brands and boring is <laughs> that, you know, maybe doesn't inspire passion. Yeah. But they are worthy of passion when you better understand them. Right. Like, uh, I, I think all all work, it's kind of worthwhile and it contributes to people and so sometimes going beneath the surface of what service am i really providing right yeah you know, when we think of health club you think oh it's just physical and then one of the things we learned during a pandemic and we tried to do a better job communicating is no we're providing a much deeper service than that you know something mm. that provides people with an ability to uh, feel great about themselves and transform their lives and uh, um, same thing with, uh, with our urban air investment. It's not simply let your kids just run around and go crazy. It's like active play, getting them off the video games, building self-esteem, um, being able yeah. to, you know, help with your mental health. I mean, those are those are the ultimate services that you're providing. And so being clear on, hey, what am I delivering and how can I contribute to that? The last thing is, you know, picking some uh, brands where you can really be comfortable with a proven economic model, right? This is mm -hmm. business. It's not charity. You want to make sure that, that it works and you're paying a royalty to something that kind of makes money. Um, and the last thing I would say is to, um, to think about um, the stewardship and the leadership of the franchise. You know, mm -hmm. one thing you can't really control or have uh, is who's running your franchise, who's running your brand, uh, is there alignment there? Are there people you trust? And um, yeah. you're going to be in partnership with them. And it's something where, you know, one of the scary things about franchising is there's all these rules, it's franchise documents, and you go, wow, this, right. this is can seem kind of one-sided. But the real balance is, one, trust for the other human beings is on the other side of the table, and two, mm -hmm the commercial realities that if you're at value in a lot of ways, the franchisee is the franchisor's biggest customer. That's who pays their royalties. And so yeah. if you're doing a good job, you know, there's really not a lot of reason for a lot of that bad legal stuff that could happen to happen. Right. Because it's an interdependent partnership. And when you remember that from both sides, uh, as a franchisor and as a franchisee, you can only win together. And if yeah. you're with 
it's a team that's great. But when you see um, a group that's too one side and need a direction, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that maybe we can smash a myth here. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when they look at franchising, they think, well, I'm still tied to somebody, right? Like I wanted to be my own boss, but I'm tied to a franchisor or an organization. It, it help us kind of break through that mentality or, or that mindset of, well, I wanted to go out and build my own business, but I've got this thing lingering in the background. You mentioned partnership. Could, could we explore that a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think of it more in terms of partnership than being controlled by another party. Um, yeah. Any business you have, you have partners. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people realize lately that their employees are partners, right? You don't control mm -hmm. them <laughs> if they don't want to come to work and they or they don't want to, you know, listen to you and they give you half-hearted effort. Um, it's not going to work. Right. If they don't want a paycheck, they're just not going to come and get it, right? <laughs> exactly. You can't mandate, you know, other human beings' behavior. And so at the end yeah. of the day, whether it's a vendor, an employee, a landlord, every business, you're going to have interdependencies. And I think the key to being a good partner is understanding what does the other counterparty need, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you need? And is there a clear understanding of how that, you know, exchange should work? And yeah. uh, one of the nice things about franchising is all that stuff is kind of disclosed in FDD. It's a somewhat regulated industry, right? So again, it can't get that one-sided. Yeah. Um, and, and while the franchisor does have some uh, rules or regulations, it's important to keep in mind they're doing that for the long-term benefit of the brand and all its participants, right? So the idea is, hey, I might not want you to do something different, even though you may think it makes sense, because there's either a risk that that could harm other people, or two, that it just might not be a uniformed offering, and that could hurt the overall, you know, uh, brand or uh, a perceived uh, value that we're delivering. And so you need to kind of work through a different process to get everyone to sign off on that. And so that also keeps you out of trouble. Can yeah. an entrepreneur, you know, you may want to go left or change something 180 degrees and maybe 10% is enough, right? And so it, it forces you to be able to work with other franchisees, other franchise, the actual franchisor to, to improve the model. But the most important thing, the franchisor is a franchisor because presumably, particularly if you selected, right, uh, they've earned that right, right? They created something that works, something that you can underwrite and examine and talk to people about yeah and you can leverage what they've already learned and as a, and that's one of the reasons why franchisees and franchise in general have a much better survival rate than most small businesses most people that become entrepreneurs i can't remember the exact statistics but a very small percentage of them maybe five percent ten percent kind of make it you know and yeah you've kind of long-term uh success and viability franchisees are much much higher success rates than that because again that's part of what you're selling you know, you can examine yeah. before you go into a new brand, what is a survival rate? What, and you can talk to those people, the people that did well and didn't do well. That due diligence process of being able to examine an existing business um, is what, uh, you know, what separates franchising um, from, you know, just doing something completely on your own. Yeah, you got a whole network behind you, right? There's, there's a network of people that can help support you and answer your questions and kind of guide you through the process. Uh, when, when talking about the due diligence and, and getting up and running, I think also another myth that comes with franchising is, 
they're going to pay the money. They're going to buy the franchise. They're going to get out there, hit the ground running. And within just a handful of months, they're going to be wildly successful. I, I don't think that's the case in, in most franchise organizations. Could you maybe talk a little bit to, to that and your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I found franchising to be candidly not that distinct from other businesses, right? Like um, there are benefits and there are uh, uh, limitations and pros and cons. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I've been investing in businesses for almost three decades. I don't know if I've seen any overnight successes. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you may, you may maybe an overnight success to you, but there's a lot of, you know, stuff beneath the, uh, the ice, uh, the iceberg that you don't see. And so, um, I know for us, we first started, you know, there were just things I hadn't even thought about. Our first day we had a, a sexual harassment type of lawsuit, you know, and we had a yeah. bunch of fires to put out and, and, and that's the nature of, of any business, particularly a, a, a beginning or business in the beginning phases. I think the thing, again, that's unique about franchising is you don't have to guess, well, how long does it take to get the profitability, right? Yeah. There should be a pretty tight range based on historical averages as to how long it should take. And if I'm not hitting, what are the common, common pitfalls and what are some of the common solutions to those common pitfalls? And, and so it just saves you a lot of reps and revolutions as to, you know, how to get the right answer uh, quicker. But Again, I don't think you should have an expectation that, you know, you give some money, you get in business, everything's running smoothly. And that's one. sometimes we buy, you know, we'll, we'll acquire our way in. And even then there's, there's problems, there's transitions, there's change. Um, and you kind of got to figure, figure some things out. And part of that is the business. And part of that is, you know, you got a new leader in the business, which would be you. And so you got to kind of understand how all that connects and where the opportunities and challenges lie. Yeah. Not about just writing a check and hitting the ground, right? <laughs> wow, <almost> that <laughs> I bet a whole lot of people thought it was that easy too. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be any fun though if it was that easy. So <laughs> if it was, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. No well, we're coming up on the end of our time together. Uh, I really appreciate your insights on this. Uh, you're obviously very knowledgeable about it and you got an extensive background on it. Any other closing thoughts on on franchising and why people should consider it? And uh, yeah, just any kind of closing thoughts that you might have. Yeah, I would say, look, most, um, I believe work should be meaningful. Right? It should be fulfilling. It should make you want to get out of bed in the morning. And um, if you're not feeling that at work, you don't see the, the purpose and deeper meaning. Um, maybe you should look somewhere else. And I, I personally never found anything more fulfilling than kind of being in business for myself um, with, with others um, and being able to have that ability to kind of shape and affect my environment, right? And so I think, again, franchising is a wonderful way where you can get all the benefits of an entrepreneurial path without a lot of the pitfalls. Again, take a ton of the risk out and um, really um, enjoy meaningful, um, uh, rewarding, and um, lucrative work. And, uh, and so for me, I think it's something that almost everyone can explore. There's so many different types of franchises that you can yeah. often find that really fits and suits your needs. 
Yeah, there's something to fit everybody, right? Well, Omar, I can't think of a better way to end it than those thoughts right there. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, just it's been great. Hope it's been great for you. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will get some great insight from this. So thank you very much. Thanks a ton, Paul. That's a lot to it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ideas Exchange podcast presented by InExpress. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to show us some love and support, please share it out with others on social media or leave us a rating and review. If you want to know more about what InExpress is, visit InExpress.com to find out what they do and how they can help you and your business. That's I-N-X-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Thank you so much and we will catch you in the next episode.